Hiya, welcome back to our podcast. Before we begin, let me credit my sources for this episode. Crime Channel on YouTube, The Murder of Paige Doherty, GlasgowTimes.co.uk, MissingPeople.org, PagesPromise.com. Enjoy! Cheers. Cheers. Well, welcome back. Welcome. Welcome, welcome for episode three of Cans and, and, and Crime. crime. <laughs> <laughs> opposite. Cans and Crime, Cans and Crime. You do one and I do one. Okay. Cans and Crime. Mm. <laughs> we'll work on that. How's your week been, Caleb? Um, been alright, actually. Good. Up and down. Good. Long days and then short days. Sure. I haven't really done much. I got new trousers. You did? And they're above my ankle. So <laughs> they are. Pushing the boat out. Expecting floods. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dad joke. New section this week. Mm-hmm. Caleb, what is the least murdery thing you've done this week? I mean, what I do at work is very unmurdery. <laughs> like you're gonna have to explain what your job is. Like taking yeah. cr- criminals to court. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that is very, very on the other end of the spectrum. Very much. But so. out with work, because that's not fair. Um, I would say nothing. Fair enough. That's a bit suspect. Mm-hmm. The whole point of this new section was to establish that we're not murderers and. We're good citizens. <laughs> I went through the no entry door at Tesco this morning instead <gasps> of the entry door. Uh oh. I'd say that's probably the most murdery thing I've done this <laughs> week. Um, yeah, fair enough. This week I have been looking into a new case to, to tell Caleb. Mm-hmm. He does not know anything about it. I do not. No. And we'll say on the note, we are we are drinking cans of beer and stuff. We don't take the stories lightly. They are sad, and we're not drinking at their expense. Mm-hmm. It's just a little gimmick. Some of the stuff is quite yeah sad for sure. It's not going to be all doom and gloom. But not all do- doom and gloom. We do have a level of respect for the, the people and the victims in the, involved <laughs> in the stories. God, yeah. Um, we're not just having a laugh. No, 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 no. Although but we are hilarious. We are funny, and if tenants do want to sponsor us. <laughs> If anyone knows mm. anyone at Tenants. We're just a stone's throw away we from, are. from Well Park. Give us a shout. Give a great. Little trigger warning, this is going to involve um, a minor, so oh, no. do with that info as you please. It's, yeah, it is grim, so okay. just, just put it out there. So, 15-year-old Paige Dockery grew up in White Crook which is situated on the bank of the River Clyde. Paige is described as being a fun-loving, kind, would-do-anything-for-anyone type of girl. Like most 15-year-olds, Paige enjoyed spending time with her best friends, doing normal things like shopping, taking selfies. If there was a camera about, Paige was there. And I've seen quite a lot online, because this is a recent um, case. This is 2016. 
Yeah. And the use of the word selfie. Selfies about. And we think it was, and it's in Glasgow. And we're in Clyde Bank, yep, okay. Glasgow. So, yeah, we're fairly recent. And when I see p- pictures of Paige, it's like at that time as well I was teaching at Royal High in Edinburgh Mm -hmm. similar age group and oh my word you had to peel phones off of their hands like constant pouting (laughs) selfies are rife so (laughs) Paige was a typical teenager in every sense she had ambitions and dreams which would be abruptly ended with one of the most cruel murders in 21st century Scotland (gasps) yep On the Saturday the 19th of March 2016, Paige had been staying over at best friend Lauren's home, which was a regular occurrence for the pair. They used to always uh, stay over each each other's houses. Mm -hmm. They didn't live far from each other. They both had Saturday jobs, so they woke up and got ready that Saturday morning, like usual. They woke up, Paige went to the kitchen, and Lauren's mum had made pat lunches for both of them. So Paige got her pat lunch and she gave best friend Lauren a hug goodbye and then set off to do her part-time job at a hairdresser's in Kirkintillic. The time was approximately 8.20am. Paige had gone to pick up a hot roll from a local shop on the way to the bus stop. She passed a newsagent's where Ash, the shop owner, said hello to Paige as she walked by she told him she was on her way to work and she'd see him later. Then she went and got her hot roll from the shop next door. So Ash, the newsagent's owner, knew Paige. Her, she'd go into the shop regularly with her pals and right. get sweets and things after school. So he was kind of like, all right, Paige. She was like, hey, on my way to yeah. work. See ya. And the bus stop's not far from there either. So this was the last time that Paige was ever seen in public. Paige's close friends and family said that Paige was constantly on her phone, like most teenagers. She was always chatting away to her pals on Snapchat every day. That's why best friend Lauren was confused when she wasn't getting any replies from Lauren during the day, from Paige during the day. This worried Lauren. She texted Paige's mum, Pamela, to ask if she'd heard anything from Paige. Pamela replied to Lauren's text saying, don't worry, she's still at work, she isn't due back for a wee while. So mum Pamela was not initially concerned about non-communicative Paige because she wasn't due back until 6pm and this is in the afternoon and she's probably left her charger somewhere and her phone's run out of battery. Yeah. Which I think is a You pretty, do all the time. Oh my word. When, Every day. <laughs> when I was doing re- research for this, I was thinking... Like, how many hours would it be until any of my friends and family would worry? Because I am... Three weeks. <laughs> shocking with my phone. Like, I really need to be better. <laughs> if there's ever a crisis, phone Caleb, not me. <laughs> yeah. I'll answer in three to four months. <laughs> so that day, it was 6pm, and there was still no sign of Paige. Paige lived with her mum, Pamela, stepdad, Andrew, and her younger siblings. When Paige had not returned from work at 6pm, stepdad Andrew thought she'd maybe gone off to a friend's or a party. She's 15 and it is a Saturday night. Andrew said that he was already planning the ground in terms if she'd gone off to a party without telling them. (laughs) Pamela and Andrew assumed there must be an innocent explanation. Having not heard from 
Paige all day, it was Paige's best friends that started to get seriously worried. Paige not replying on social media was unheard of. It was after 6pm now and Pamela made the most worrying discovery. Paige had not turned up to work that day. Paige's mum, Pamela, had called the hairdressers and the hairdresser's owner said that they were trying to get hold of her but she hadn't answered her calls. But with the busy hairdressers on a Saturday, the staff had to get by the shift without her and presume maybe she was off sick or something at home had happened. She's not showed up. And she's just not showed up, yeah. Because she's she is 15, she's the Saturday girl, so... Um, it's very likely that she might just not show up. It is, yeah. Although it's not really in her nature, but, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. these things happen. So, so by this time... Pamela was was starting to stress out. She, um, after getting off the call to the hairdressers, um, she called the police. And at this point, Paige had now been missing for thirteen hours. Okay. So, just a little bit of of additional information, if you will. According to missingpeople.org, someone is reported missing every ninety seconds in the UK. A hundred and seventy thousand people are reporting are reported missing each year but I suppose good news and bad news for the UK that compared to places like America mm-hmm. um, as soon as a 999 call comes in about a missing child that child is declared missing immediately whereas sometimes you see in America I'm not sure about nowadays it was always like 48 hours it was it? there was always a time frame but here if you call they're gonna straight away straight away on paper it's gonna be a missing person's right case so mm-hmm. Um, 80% of children in the UK are found within the first 24 hours. 90% are found in the first two days. And only 2% of missing children are not found within a week. Wow. So that's actually quite... Um, that's a surprising statistic. I didn't think it would be that like good. That positive, yeah. I thought um, it was a bit more... Morbid. Um, yeah. So for the Clydebank police, when they received the call from Pamela... They didn't notice anything particularly strange about her disappearance because she was 15 and it was a Saturday night so time hadn't been long enough yet to really panic. I mean, mm-hmm. considering if we look at the statistics and ninety sec- every 90 seconds people are calling. I'm not yeah. saying in Clyde Bank, but no, they're getting a lot of, of calls so they do need to kind of look at the options and think, has she she met someone and gone off and not told anyone. Mm-hmm. It's still super stressful for the family, though. Definitely. This is really out of character. So for the closest people in Paige's life, panic was starting to bubble. It was night time and it was now 16 hours that Paige had been last seen. So where was she? Why was she not answering her calls? Why, why didn't she go to work that day? Family, friends and neighbours all set off in White Crook and scanned the area in cars and on foot. They were looking for Paige all night. So in the night time on Saturday, they didn't have much help from the police. I think the police had said, we're, we're going to keep an eye out on her and we'll play it by ear in the morning, I think. Mm. There wasn't much said about that initial night. It was now Sunday morning. The close-knit community of White Crook woke up to the troubling news that a local 15-year-old girl named Paige Doherty is missing. The appeal was played on local and national news. 
Everybody was out looking for her, sharing posts on social media, putting up pictures in the streets. Everyone was out looking for her. They were talking to all the bus drivers as well because she was, she was getting a bus to work. Um, Paige is missing and she needed to be found. Police started ramping up the investigation. This is the Sunday still. Obviously when looking into a missing child, police have to consider any family involvement. They started at the Doherty home, looking through the house, Paige's room and all her belongings for any cause for concern. House to house inquiries were followed out in the neighbourhood. They confirmed with the owners of the shop Paige bought her morning roll and the news agents that she had passed by that they had seen her. Hours turned into hours, which turned into days. It was now Monday, day three, and there were still no leads on the disappearance of Paige Doherty. A major incident room was then set up at Clydebag Police Station and police were being dispatched to numerous surrounding locations. Police were now considering the grim possibility that Paige may not be found alive. As inquiries were being completed, a team of investigators went to the family home to start interviewing Paige's loved ones. Whilst police were at Paige's home on Monday, this is now 52 hours missing, a body was found. In the home? No. Oh, just found? All it right. was found. So there was people at the family home um, taking statements and looking at the house. And they got the call. And then they got the call then that a body has been found. <clears throat> so the body of a young woman had been discovered locally on the roadside near Glasgow's Great Western Road. There had been minimal effort in concealing the body, however just some leaves pulled across her. Mm-hmm. Identification of the body was critical. There was a chance that this body could not be Paige Dockery. Forensic scientist Dr Neve Stevenson was sent out to the scene of the crime. She described the body of being of a young girl, a pretty young girl, who had the worst injuries Dr Stevenson had ever seen. She noted serious injuries to the neck and upper body, huge amounts of blood staining on the body, but not in the surrounding areas where the body was found. The body had suffered over 250 wounds. Like stab wounds? We'll get more into that in, in a minute. Oh, okay. But the body found was still needing to be identified. Paige's family were informed Pamela and Andrew went to confirm the body and it was, in fact, their beloved daughter, Paige. So, Mm. awful, awful time. Most of what I've um, taken from today has been from a a documentary on YouTube which is on the channel Crime and it's called The Murder of Paige Doherty and when, and it has her mother and her stepdad and cousins and best friends talking about this mm-hmm. case and oh my word like it's I don't know it's really like it's quite inspiring the way her her friends talk about her because they were only 15 at the time mm-hmm. and they're just really like mature and like I don't know strong I don't think I'd be able to talk about about something yeah. so harrowing but when her mum was talking about going to identify that it was Paige like considering how much injuries the body had sustained she was covered and her mm-hmm. she said that her face was was really like 
she looked really peaceful and, and beautiful and she looked like her baby, do you know what I mean? Did she not have any injuries in her face then? No. Not really? Not really, no. So was she able to tell it was her? She, they could tell it was her, yeah, okay. straight away. But yeah, the, the documentary is worth a watch actually. Okay. But listen to us first, guys. Of course. You watch it. <laughs> so yes, they've identified that this is Paige. With this devastating news, the community were shocked and completely outraged that there had been a killing of a 15-year-old girl in White Crook. A full-scale hunt for this killer had been launched. Police started looking at motives, but came up with nothing. Paige and her family's background did not have any trouble, any enemies. Paige was a popular girl at school. No red flags, no leads. It was baffling. Why, how, when were all questions on the minds of those involved. When police received the results from the post-mortem, it confirmed that there were 71 stab wounds to Paige's body. 43 to the head and neck. Oh my lord. The most significant being to the neck. This was a sustained, frantic attack. The vicious na nature of the attack was a worry for the police. Could this person be out there and strike again? 43 <coughs> to mm -hmm. the head and neck. Mm -hmm. And her mum had to see that? Yeah. Jesus. Horrific. People want answers and police were feeling the pressure. So they returned to the last places Paige was seen alive. The Saturday morning on her way to work. They went to the shop Delicious Deli. And that's where Paige bought her morn her morning roll. You know, she was mm -hmm. she was getting a roll before she was gonna get her bus. Mm -hmm. There they spoke to John Lethem, and he's the owner of the deli. He told the police that she came in, bought the roll, kind of they chatted a wee bit, had a small encounter saying, Oh, I'm off to work, blah blah blah. And then she left the deli and she continued on her route to work. Police scanned all the CCTV and all possible bus routes going out of White Crook. What followed next shocked the investigators beyond belief. Oh. John Lethem, deli owner, had in fact lied to the police. The CCTV showed Paige entering the deli and then shutters going down. John leaving then John arriving back at the deli with his car an hour later. Yeah, it's actually mad. You can see this on YouTube really? as well. And it's like, it's 2016, so the footage is in colour. It's decent. And it's decent. And um, it's so So he bizarre. leaves, they see him leaving the car and then he comes back in the car. He comes back in the car. And while he's like, because it's, it's quite a uh, sort of, wide pavement and you can see like him taking steps his car in his shop it's not like just outside the shop and he's walking with a purpose do you know what i mean he's mm -hmm. not he's not he's not casually just sauntering to his car and yeah, yeah, getting yeah. In. he's like he's, he's got going a, somewhere he's going somewhere he's late for work yeah he looks like he's walking with mm -hmm. intent do you know what i mean so with this cctv police could actually make out that John is seen carrying something to the boot of his car. 
Of course she is. With a bit of sort of video manipulation, they're, be, they're able to clear it up and zoom in. Because the, the CCTV camera that's on YouTube, it is a wee bit far away. Mm-hmm. And they can do stuff. They clean it up. They clean it up. And, yeah. And they can actually see him walking, carrying Paige's lifeless body out and putting it into the boot of his car. What? In broad daylight. Not covered up or anything? No. Yep. What? This callous action stuns police. Oh my word. Who immediately warrants an arrest for deli owner John Lethem. Scumbag. Yep. When Scott... When... Scum's name? (laughs) (laughs) Not far off. When John's name was released to the press, everyone in White Crook was in complete shock. John Lethem, 32... Described to the community as being a friendly, well-respected businessman, he had a wife and a baby, he was a loving dad and a husband. John had opened his business, Delicious Deli, in 2013, just three hours before Paige's body was found. Whilst the whole community was out looking for her, John Lethen had spoken to Paige's step-granddad, Willie Monroe. This is on the Monday. Mm-hmm. And Willie had gone... He'd gone in for a roll or what? I think he'd gone in scanning that street because that was the last place she'd seen. Oh, right, she'd okay. been seen, so yeah. he was in the area and he went into the shop. And it's a small community. Like, they all they mm-hmm. all relatively know each other and saying, hello, hello, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Willie, Paige's step-granddad, went into the shop and as he was leaving, John Lethem was like, how you coping? Hope you're okay. We're all thinking of you. Psycho. Awful. Like, whoa. So, once the police had arrested and charged John Lethem on suspicion of murder, in the initial interrogation, John denied any involvement in Paige's murder. Police had to gather as much evidence as possible against John Lethem. So they got warrants for his shop, his home and his car. I mean, did they not say... Did they not take out the CCTV at that point, or were they holding that? They were holding it. They were going to wait for their moment or whatever? Yeah. Okay. When forensics went to John Lethem's Lethem's jet... Jelly? Deli. (laughs) On appearance, it did not show any signs of blood staining or some sort of struggle had taken place there. Okay. These next steps confused me, and you'll see why. So... They go to his deli and they look about and they say, okay, no signs of any murder going on here. All, all clean. All, all clean. It's all fine. So they, they leave and they move on to the next step. Mm-hmm. And Ashi Ahmed, who is the news agent's owner next door to John Lethem's deli, he's the man that spoke to Paige in the morning. Aye. So he came forward to the police saying, I might have some information that could help. But he wasn't sure if it, if it would mean anything to them because he didn't know how far on the investigation. All the community knew was that John Lethem had been arrested. Yeah. So he went to the police and he said that after he saw Paige and she walked into the shop, Ashy went back into his shop And then he looked out the window and the shutters had then gone down, like you'd seen in the the CCTV. So were their shops not next to each other? Yeah, they are. So how would he have seen the shutters go down? I'm not quite sure. I don't know if he just, like, popped his head. 
right, okay. Really you saw the shutters going down? Yeah, so you, you noticed that page had gone in and shutters had gone down, but it had been a wee moment, so he thought, oh, maybe she's just gone back out. Mm-hmm. Didn't think of anything of it. It wasn't like, she's in there. No, no, that on. wasn't his, like, immediate thought. Yeah. But then, John had come back at half nine, like you see him pulling up his car, and when he pulled up his car, he was putting outside his shop, you know, those kind of like boards outside shops, like sign posts. Like an A board, A frame. Is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. Oh. They put out this sign post. Out. John puts out a sign post outside his deli. And whilst he's doing that, Ashy's kind of. I feel like he's that newsagent's guy that stands on the doorstep. It's just annoyingly. He's around. There, but yeah. he's really, really nice. But lovely, yeah. yeah. But I feel like he's just always on his doorstep, mm-hmm. like, just watching the world go by. <laughs> and he saw John and was like, oh, hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And then he noticed that John had a wee stain on his nose. As she said, what's that? John said, oh, I've just had a nosebleed. And then he goes back into his shop. And Ashy obviously didn't think anything of it, because why would you? He's on to the next... Passerby. Train, train of thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, half an hour later, John came into Ashy's shop when he bought black bin bags, bleach. I knew I was going to say bleach. And antibacterial wipes. A kill kit, pretty much. Essentially, yeah. Awful. But then again, why would Ashy think, oh, well, that's for a body? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess not, no. You wouldn't. With this information, friends, forensics went back into John's shop for a further examination. And that's why I thought that was confusing steps, because, like, as a forensic team, wouldn't you think... Depends how thorough they were being in the first time, though. Like, Yeah. Maybe they just did a... A sweep. Aye. Yeah. Essentially, but now they're going to be like, right, no, we're going to... Turn that place upside down. Yeah, it's time critical, I suppose. They need to keep John Lethem in. Mm -hmm. So, fair enough. Um, Who am I to judge anyway? I know nothing. So, (laughs) with this information, they went back into John's shop for a further examination. They lifted up the floorboards of John's uh, deli and there they found bloodstains. A whole lot of bloodstains, like... Like in the, just in the shop. It was more in the back of the shop. So he's got his like front counter mm-hmm. with like a couple of tables and then an office out back and a kitchen. And it was in oh, that area. In yeah. So although John had made a real attempt to clean up the scene of the crime, it was evident that the blood staining under the floorboards concluded that the deli was there where John took Paige's life. So, police now had a suspect, evidence including CCTV footage, blood DNA, viable witness like Mm -hmm. Ash, Mm -hmm. Ashy, but the one thing that they did not have was a motive. For such a frenzied attack, why did John the family man, the stand-up member of the community, commit such a heinous crime. Paige's family, close friends and the whole white crook community needed answers. When John appeared in trial, 
in Glasgow High Court seven months after the murder. Represent. Yep, that's Caleb's stomping ground at work. That's not actually. That's not. Sheriff Court. <laughs> You'll make it to High Court one day. I hope not. <laughs> not like John. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, John did, when he was in High Court, he did a complete 180. 360. No, it's not 360. Catherine asked me earlier, if you did a 360, which way would you be facing? <laughs> Left. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, you're throwing me off my rhythm. So John completely changed his mind to his initial interrogation. Mm-hmm. He pleaded guilty. Okay, he's just... I'm caught. Yep. He's obviously got a lawyer who said, here, mate. (laughs) Just plead guilty. Just plead guilty. Get a lesser sentence. That's what I'm presuming. Yeah. When more details came out, though, from John's account, the reasonings behind the murder started seeping through. Okay. It came to light. This is in John's accounts, okay? So this is why he said it it happened. So... It came to light that when Paige had came into the deli that morning, she and John had a conversation about work, where John proposed potential part-time work at the deli. He then invited her to the back office to take down some of her details. According to him, Paige told John that she was 15. So then John told her that he could not employ her because of her age. He then told the judge that Paige was then annoyed when he told her that he could not employ her mm-hmm. and that she threatened him she would go home tell her mum that John inappropriately touched her mm. which is like awful I mean if that she said she's going to do that and he's like right well then I'll just kill yeah exactly like, do you mean rather than just be like, give me shop? I mean, there's no, there is absolutely no way in hell that I believe that Paige did that. No, I don't think so. Absolutely no. For one, she's got a job. She has a good, a good job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For a fifteen-year-old working in a hairdresser, mm. that's that's good. Like. Mhm. And it's absolutely no excuse to stab someone seventy-three times. <sighs> no, no, John. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So. Nah. This was not accepted by the Crown Court. Good. Paige's mum stated that everyone who knew Paige knew she would never ruin a family like that. She had a job and she didn't need one. It's not like this guy was like a massive like creeper or weirdo or that people didn't like or No, I know. He was maybe like noticeably Mm-mm-mm. nasty to no. people. It sounds like he was Normal. Pretty normal, like as if she would just be like, I'm going to ruin your life. Like this is a really nice person. Yeah. Like her. No, no buying it. it. Can't see it. That's just like the lowest form of an excuse if there ever was one for murder. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. awful. I'm going to get a 10. Fair enough, eh? We've moved and I'm sitting right next to the fridge. So. (laughs) Our setup tonight. um, we're moving up in the world. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a microphone mm-hmm. and uh, audio interface. And Caleb has made a makeshift microphone stand 
out of a tenants. Yeah, a hollowed out can. <laughs> Another reason why we should be sponsored. I know. By tenants. It looks awful, but you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so, where are we now? So, John... Um, they weren't buying it. They weren't buying it, and I mean, less said about it, the better. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reasoning with what he did. So, John was sentenced with 27 years, mm-hmm. which has now been reduced to 23 years. <gasps> yeah. Do you not think... Why? I don't know. I What's really the point in know. dropping four years? I don't know. I don't know how, how it works. How soon after the 27 years? Not sure. Like, a recent. Okay. He had an appeal. The All right, okay. Th- the thing about it is... Does there no, was there no more on it as to why? No, the media's not said that much, but I don't know how it works, and maybe this is something I should probably educate myself in if, <laughs> if I'm doing research about these cases, is that how does life in prison, why is it 27 years? Why is that life in prison? A life sentence? No, it's, it's life in prison, but you will... You'll you'll definitely do twenty seven years. That's a grey area for me. I feel like for the nature of his crime, he has it was almost like he snapped, and he was living a very a very normal life. Like he had a wife, he had a baby, he had his business, he was friendly. I mean, it obviously wasn't premeditated. No. So like. He snapped. Like, that's like another thing like premeditated murder you'll get longer you will but is he not more of a danger because if he he's like he could snap again do you know what I mean well I know what you mean how can you assess that I mean I'm not an expert I'm not claiming to be an expert so no. I'll I'll never understand probably but 23 years anyway. 23 years yeah um, as Paige's cousin so eloquently put it we have the life sentence we don't have visiting hours and we will never get over this. Which mm-hmm. I think is very poignant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think in, in every murder case, that is the reality. It is, yeah. I don't know, it, it doesn't, sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. Like, you change your mind a lot. Like, if somebody kills someone, they should just absolutely go to jail for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Like, Regardless, if they want to reform and become a better person, like that's fine. But they can do it. They can be a better person in jail. Yeah. Like, why should they get another shot? I, I'm like stating the obvious. I know. I'm sure that <laughs> this is not like a revelation. Do you know what I mean? But I'll like, Caleb, you've yeah, cracked the code. It's <laughs> so profound. <laughs> yeah, no. It's true though. Stating the obvious. I guess it's money. At the end of the day, the economy. Like, we can't house all these criminals. Well, it's like over a hundred grand a year. In I don't know the UK or Scotland to house one prisoner per year. Mm-hmm. So how many people are in jail? Yeah. In Scotland, there's there's many. And that's like taxpayers' money. Yeah, that's the thing. So, so we'll probably stop poking at that bear because we don't. <laughs> we're not smart enough, Caleb. Get them shot. <laughs> Just line them all up. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Page's Promise is a charitable organisation set up in memory of Paige Doherty. Their aim is to help other families in similar circumstances. 
They want to help anyone who's going through tragic circumstances and needs to gain peace and harmony in their life. As they expand, they hope to offer financial support. Pages Promise offer various activities such as self-defence classes for children, family retreats and memorial gardens. Mm-hmm. And this was set up by Pamela Page's mum. So mm-hmm. go check out that website. That is at pagespromise.com and it's got information there. Okay. Which I think out of something so horrific that is quite a commendable thing to do. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? To to push for a better a better sort of outcome for other families. <coughs> Bless you. So what happened then? What did he say happened? She said, da, 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 I'm going to do this if you don't give me a job. So then what happened? We don't know. No one will ever know. So, And I don't think we need to really look too hard into why John did it and how it came about. There's a lot of theories. And and he was... Right, so you see him... Where did he stab her? In the deli. Uh-huh. But you see him on the CCTV take her to the car... Mm-hmm. Would he not have been covered in blood? Well, I think... Like, covered. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, like, carrying her out, you said it's not a small pavement. Mm-hmm. Would yeah, there not have walk. been, like, blood? Don't know if he had stuff, do you know what I mean? Stuff? She wasn't, like, wrapped up or anything? Yeah, I think she was. I think he covered her in stuff. Oh, right, you know okay. I mean? Mental. I know. It is a really, like... I don't know, for me, it's like the fact that it was just a busy Saturday morning for everyone and it's broad daylight and like it's unfathomable, like how can that happen? Like, just carry a body outside what if, like, not even just like what if there'd been like someone walking past but like what if there'd been a bus because like there's a bus stop, like anything could have been I know Psych. How was there not more people around, actually, mm-hmm. given the time? It's not like it's super early. Mm-hmm. I guess his downfall was being really, really stupid mm-hmm. and carrying out to the car. If he hadn't done that, yep. like he could easily have just, mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't want to make up what he should or shouldn't have done to not get caught Yeah, that's not what it's about no I know but I know yeah it's crazy but definitely go and give anyone that's listening if you're intrigued by this story go and look at the murder of Paige Doherty on YouTube because seeing her family tell the story I think it really like brings it home mm-hmm. a lot of the time when you hear it from secondary sources and you hear it in the like media and it's just all you don't really know what happened and what's true and what isn't, but yeah, go give that a watch on on YouTube. It's a sad one. It's really, really tragic. Yeah, we'll think of Paige and her family. I feel really like sorry for Ashy, the newsagent's owner too, because he was the last person that that spoke to her. Yeah, and he was the one who noticed these details, the blood on his nose and things like. But also. Fair play for remembering and coming up. Yeah, he was next door while that was going on, though. I was wondering maybe didn't like hear anything. Mm. Maybe she didn't get time to. I don't. She didn't have a chance. Do you know what I mean? Mm. 
No way. So, yeah, that is the case of Paige Doherty. Tragedy, really? Yeah. Sorry to sadden you all. Yeah, I hope we've not bummed you out too much. Maybe next week we'll do more ice cream <laughs> van related yeah. crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we were very happy to see that we have had how many, how many downloads? Three. <laughs> was it three? No, it, no, it was one. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, fam. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. So. Nice one. So, if you do enjoy, I mean, I really enjoy looking into this stuff. Like, it's a little, as it sounds really weird, it's a little bit like light release from uni work. So, I'll keep going as long as there's a, a need for it. As long as there's a crime. What the fans want. <laughs> Catherine will do the time. <laughs> so, let you, your friends know. And. Yeah, I think we're a little bit more open to it being shared now. Yeah, I mean, we've got a microphone now. <laughs> Whatever next. <laughs> See you next time. So this has been Cans and Crime? No. No. Do it right. How do we do it? This has been... This has been... Cans... And... Crime! <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that for next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye! Bye!